Hello, hello, and welcome to Between Laundry Loads. This is your fun, friendly, easygoing podcast that keeps you company while you're getting on with whatever task it is that you're doing. I, Judy Fagelman, am a wife, I'm a mum, and I'm your podcast host, and I will be appearing in some episodes alone and some with my fabulous mystery guests. If you're interested in being a mystery guest, please feel free to DM me on Instagram at Between Laundry Loads, as well as interest in sponsorship, please do reach out as well. I hope you enjoy it. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to Between Laundry Loads. Um, I'm debating if I'm going to have to move from where I'm sitting because the wind is so strong. It's for sure like making background noise for you guys, but we shall persevere and see how it goes. So today's episode, as you may have guessed, is just me. So I haven't yet secured my next, I was going to say client, uh, my next podcast guest, simply because I'm trying to find someone that I think has an interesting story as well as an enjoyable kind of rapport so that it's, you know, enlightening, but also enjoyable for you guys. So if you are someone that, you know, wants to come on, please do message me. I've got a new handle on Instagram, which is at Between Laundry Loads. So feel free to drop me a DM there and we will, we'll go from there with it. Oh my gosh, the wind. It's crazy. I feel like in the last few weeks, we have had such a turnaround of weather and seasons. Um, it's just been, it's been madness. And I feel really English talking about the weather at the beginning of a podcast, but there you go. Anyway, okay, so I've got some more agony aunts for you. So this is part two. I had some really lovely feedback. So apparently you guys like this kind of content, which is awesome because I love it too. Um, So here we go. Let's jump right into it. Okay, so the first one, she says, I, I mean, I assume it's a she. I hate my job, but it pays well. So I stay and do the bare minimum and therefore feel like, insert word, all day. Kind of a vicious circle, not really a secret, but there it is. So hating your job, that's really hard. I think it's really, really hard to be going to a job every single day that you're not enjoying. Um, I think everyone has days where they hate their job or hate their role in whatever you know avenue it is. But to hate something every single day and doing it just to pay the bills is a really sticky one because I think in today's world where everything is, you know, do what's best for you and all of that, there would be, and my knee-jerk reaction is sort of like, well, then don't do it, you know, find something that you enjoy. But there is something to saying, you know, you've got to do what your responsibilities are. And if that's what's paying the bills and that's what you're securing, then, you know, you've got to stick it out. Having said that, if finding another job isn't an option, do you know what I mean? If there is another option and another avenue that you can go down, um, I would say definitely look into other things while holding down the job that you've got because you don't want to be left stranded. So there's for sure other areas and like job searches, search engines and things that you could look down. But um, I think it's more about finding a way to enjoy what you do in the meantime. If you are stuck in this job and you're not going elsewhere, then you need to be able to try and find ways to make it more manageable. Either, you know, if it's someone making the job miserable, I don't really have much context here. You know, if it's someone that's making the job miserable, speak to HR or or have a a word with that person. Or if you're not enjoying the hours, see if you can, you know, take breaks to break it up. Or take with a good snack. Sometimes it's as simple as that, knowing you've got something yummy in the fridge for 
lunch or after lunch I think that I mean that always gives me a boost when I know I've got something in the fridge or the freezer that when I'm feeling poop I can go and help myself to that's something that gets me through things so maybe maybe you just need some chocolate in your life I don't know but I wish you the best of luck um in trying to make your job a bit more positive and if not then good luck finding something better I hope you are very successful um ooh, this one Finding it hard to be happy for other people who are doing exceptionally, exceptional, well, I assume she means exceptionally well financially. Um, Ouch. First of all, credit to you for being self-aware to realise that you're finding it hard to be happy for other people. I think that's quite, you know, um, commendable to have that kind of self-reflection. But that is sticky, especially if you're feeling like you're not in a secure place financially, then that is really tough. And actually, I I posted this one as a reply on my Insta story and someone else wrote in saying, yeah, feeling the same, not just financially, but in general for for friends and people that are doing well. Um, It's really tough. I think you've got to validate that feeling of saying it is really tough to be in a position where you feel like others are doing better than you. Um, And that will always be there in life. You know, whatever area that you're struggling with for this person, it was financially, But in any area when you're struggling with something and you have other people in your life who are seemingly, you know, swanning through it, it is really tough. It's really hard to be on the outskirts saying they've got it good and I don't. Um, So I think honour that, you you know, you're entitled to feel that way. I think it's more about what you do with that next. Do you know what I mean? First of all, like Ayn Haro casting a bad eye on them for what they've got. Obviously, I please don't do. (laughs) That's really that's not nice um and also like don't you don't need to give someone negative vibes just because you're struggling in that area so number one I would say you know be careful with how you respond to that further than accepting the feeling that you've got um and then there's also an element of saying it wasn't meant for you I I I know when I was going through a particularly hard time you know when I had let's say my miscarriage which is something that I I was quite public about um you do have that element of other people are having babies and my friends are pregnant and, you know, I was meant to have this baby and I was meant to, you know, be looking like this and this trimester at this, you know, simcha that I was going to and it's it's suddenly all taken away from you. Um, and it's something that really helped me, and I've said this before, is coming to the realisation that it wasn't meant for me, you know. In that moment, the, a baby wasn't meant for me. It, it's not that it was taken away or that, you know, the the child was taken away from me. I wasn't meant to have that. I was meant to have the three-month pregnancy that I had. That's what was meant for me. And I think with other areas, it doesn't have to be as dark as, you know, miscarriage, but, like, in other areas, when things go wrong, you it just wasn't meant for you. Like, that finance wasn't meant for you. And I, I've had that before in the past, you know, where you make money on something and then your dishwasher breaks down and, like, suddenly that money's gone. You're like, well, cheers, <laughs> well, that's gone. Um, you obviously weren't meant to have that money. And I think that's a really, really good mindset to have is that instead of feeling hard done by that something's been taken from you is to say it wasn't meant for me. And because that way you can also look at the good things. You can say like the good stuff that's happened, that was meant for me. I was meant to have that. And that's awesome to to have that like gratitude reflection to say I was meant, that was meant for me. And that's awesome. Um, Yeah, it is hard to be happy for other people. You don't need to be around people that are rubbing it in your face if that's the kind of social circle you've got. You know, choose your friends, choose your social life wisely. Um, but 
there's an element of saying working on your inner happiness of saying that wasn't meant for me so good for them if they've got it I wasn't meant to have it and that's okay um again easier said than done but these things always are I love giving people advice (laughs) it's so much easier to give advice than to take it yourself but um but yeah um here we go nice and light dear agony aunt I was just listening to your podcast this morning and I need your help I followed a tiktok on how to wash all my makeup brushes and I've ruined them all like seriously completely ruined and I had some really good ones um and she lists a couple of brands she's really upset they were really good brushes what can she do so first of all that sucks man I'm really sorry um there's nothing more annoying than losing some really good brushes especially ones that you've had for ages and good brands so I'm sorry for you that really that sucks um I too can say I have been in this situation I followed someone on insta who gave advice about putting them in a dish in the washing machine which I thought sounded absolutely awesome considering that I when I was working in with makeup doing clients regularly I was washing my brushes regularly and I put them in the washing machine I put them in a load on their own inside a pillowcase so I like protected them and I literally lost I would say a good quarter of my brushes all the bristles fell out basically what it is is that at the top of your makeup brushes they're held in the bristles are held in with glue so when they get too warm by the metal bit then it loosens all the bristles and they fall out so the key with washing your brushes is not to get the actual metal bit wet which is why I would always recommend using doing it by hand it's so annoying it takes time but it's the only way to protect your brushes um I've used so many different kinds of like makeup brushes wipes and washes and da 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 honestly my go-to is fairy liquid warm water in your hand like you know you rub the brush on your hand till it the water runs clear rinse it off and then leave it on a towel to dry that's my go-to it's annoying but it works um and I have actually every now and then I'll do it if I've got a bit of extra time or I'm feeling bougie I'll then wash them again with um, micellar water just to get like the last bits off and it leaves it smelling a bit more fragrant um rather than you know smelling like your kitchen that's sort of what I would advise for future reference but I don't have much advice on how to save a brush once it's been wrecked so I'm just really sorry for your loss um and I hope that helped let's see Ooh, this is a heavy one my husband has been struggling with intense anxiety for over a year now it's hard to always be the supportive one without being able to vent because he doesn't want people to know oh I'm really sorry for you that's really really hard um to have a spouse that's feeling so low um I think anxiety is one of those really really tricky mental health issues because it's so common and it's so prevalent and yet very few people speak about it in the from community um I was actually involved recently with a campaign for a mental health um hotline you know a phone line oh actually let me shout them out because that's really good let me shout them out one minute the helpline it's the helpline and they are absolutely amazing. I'm just looking if I can quickly find their phone number. Ooh, I really want to find it so I can shout them out. They are a helpline phone number that you can call if you ever want to just talk or you want to just get things out um, off your chest, things that are bothering you. Um, and they have people on the other end of the phone just to be a listening ear or to help you or anything like that. And they are absolutely fabulous. And I'm scrolling, scrolling, trying to find the number. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can get it. I'm going to quickly message someone. This is such bad content. I'm sorry. 
but I'm just going to message the guy who is in charge of it. What's the helpline direct number, please? Um, it's an amazing organisation where people can call in and just talk. And I think the fact that there are quite a few of these organisations now popping up just shows that there are so many people with anxiety, there's so many people with things on their minds that they want to talk about. And I think that actually I would direct you there. I would say call a helpline just to have someone to talk to that's in a non-judgmental space that you can get advice from. Um, I'm not a mental health worker, you know, I'm not someone that's a therapist or specialises in any way, um, but I am a friend, I am someone that, you know, has my own struggles, everyone has, and reaching out to people that understand you is the the best thing that you could possibly do for anyone, um, to speak to someone that isn't judging, that isn't, you know, going to give you just advice, sometimes you need just a listening ear, so that's what I would say definitely call someone like that and remember that hopefully it's a stage hopefully it's a period that your spouse your husband is going through and it will pass and being supportive is is all you can do really and hang in there and you've got this and stay positive as best that you can and when you're feeling low validate that for yourself and say it's okay but call someone you know really speak to someone if you can to get that help um, it's really, really important. Okay, next up. Let's see what we can do here. Ooh, okay. Um, can you speak about raising kids correctly emotionally and Yiddishkeit? Um, I mean, I can speak from today till tomorrow. I have zero, you know, proof in the pudding because I'm I'm a young mum. I've got young kids still. So I can't say that I've got like tried and tested experience on the matter. Um, oh, I wish, first of all, I should totally read these beforehand. So I've got like answers prepared for you guys, but I quite like the organic. I quite like that you're getting literally just what's coming off the top of my head. But raising kids correctly, first of all, there's no correctly. Um, I love the concept of like self-help books and these methods and this and that, like it's all, well, it's not all rubbish, but 99% of it is rubbish because it won't all pertain to you. You need to find someone that you like their their way of doing it, their methods, and use that. No one has it, gets it right for everyone. And no parent is going to get it right all the time. I, I have my methods of the way that I parent and that I try and incorporate into my parenting. But I also believe in the 80-20 rule, which is that as long as you're doing it 80% of the time right, it's okay if 20% of the time you are slipping up. And we go through weeks here at home and we go through months where you know, sometimes it's going great and you really are smashing it and you're responding to your kids in the way that you want to be responding to them and you've got the answers and, you know, it's going the way you want to parent. But there's also weeks where nothing that you want to be doing is happening, you know, and you're not saying what you want to be saying and you're not reacting the way you want to be reacting and the kids aren't responding the way you want them to respond. And that's just life and that is parenting and just give yourself grace to say, some weeks you've got it, some days you've got it, some hours you've got it under control, and then you just don't. And that's okay. Um, I, I firmly, firmly believe in terms of like Yiddishkeit, it's just about love. You can't force someone to be firm. You can't force someone to love Hashem and force someone to love being firm and love being Jewish. But if you love it in yourself, if you're proud of it in yourself and you're holding strong with what you hold and believe to be strong, those messages pass through to your kids. And whether they get it 
now or later down the line, it doesn't matter. The, the, the groundwork is there. If you've laid the tone of being a proud Jewish woman and a proud from family and you've made Yiddishkeit enjoyable, then there's no reason for it not to be passed on to them. Um, I also think that if you're emotionally in touch with your kids, if you're putting in the groundwork to be emotionally available to your children, that they feel that they can talk to you and you feel like that you can talk to them, then you will always have a direct line of communication to discuss where they're holding in their Yiddishkeit. Not, I want you to do it, so do it. But to be able to discuss it, I think that is just a really, really key element. Um, and I'm actually going to, there's, I've got backing. Oh no, the cleaner's hoovering. And by that, I mean, yay, the cleaner's hoovering because it's not me doing it. Oh, I love her. She's my best friend in the whole wide world. But I'm going to quickly run around and close doors so we're not, we're not distracted. But um, I actually used to teach in a school in Manchester that was not a particularly religious school. Um, they had kids that were, you know, they took in the in intake of school was the rec- the requirement was as long as there's one Jewish parent. So obviously, if their father was Jewish and their mother wasn't, they were still accepted to school, but they weren't, you know, Jewish under the guidelines that we hold. But either way, it was a really, really mixed, varied school. And I was there teaching Jewish studies. And I was working under an incredible, incredible head of um, Jewish studies. And I remember once asking him, no, I had found out actually that one of the kids in my class wasn't Jewish. Um, And I found out towards the end of the year, and he was one of those kids, you know, where you're like, I'm gonna crack you. Like, he was so awesome. He was one of those like feisty kids with so much chain and so much like sweetness. And he wanted to learn, but he was so naughty and cheeky. And I was just like, ah, this is my kind of kid. And I really bonded with him and, you know, really wanted to win him over in terms of Yiddishkeit. And then when I found out he actually wasn't Jewish, I was really disheartened. I was so upset. I was just like, oh, he's got so much potential. But anyway, um, and I was talking to the head of Kodesh about it. And I said to him, you know, like, what's the deal? Why are we teaching these kids like Hilcha Shabbos and, and things like that? Not not literally Hilcha Shabbos. We were teaching them, you know, the beauty of Shabbos, actually. It was eye-opening to teach kids in such a different way than I had been taught about Yiddishkeit. And I sometimes wish, oh, I'm going on a tangent here. But I sometimes wish that like the from schools would teach the children as if they weren't religious because you get taught it with so, in a way, with so much more passion and explanation. Um, And it's just really beautiful. Not that I'm bashing on from schools. My kids' school, for example, they teach it with so much passion and beauty. So I'm not in any way, but you know, based on, based on what I hear. Anyway, he responded to me and he said that we're not teaching them the information for them to use it now because their responsibility is to listen to their parents. You know, I had a kid, I was teaching about Shabbos and the kid came over to me afterwards and said, but I don't know what to do because we're, we're going on holiday and the flight is on Shabbos. And I was like, first of all, you're adorable. This kid was, I think, in like year four or year five. And I said, you know, that the most important thing is that you're respectful to your mommy and daddy, you know, that you listen to what your mommy and daddy decide. And that's your job as a child. And when you're older, you make the decisions, you know, you, and that's what he had said to me, the, the head of Kodesh was he was saying that we're not teaching it to them for now. We're teaching it to them so that when they're older and they're making their own choices, they've got that background information to fall on to then go and make informed decisions about where they want to go in their life. And I think that applies to any level of Yiddishkeit, any level of 
emotionally building our children is just to say we're putting in the groundwork now and then it's up to them but we're giving them the tools if if they are growing up in a house where before Shabbos we're a mess and we're a wreck and we're stressing about it or before Pesach the only thing you're thinking about is the stress of cleaning it doesn't make it necessarily so appealing you know Pesach whereas if your focus obviously don't get me wrong we're all stressing about Pesach cleaning and stuff I don't know why I'm talking about Pesach now it's not yet but like um do you know what I mean if if we're talking about oh I can't wait to have the matzah and I'm I'm really looking forward to you trying to find the Afi Komen present um you're putting a spin on it that's different or I can't wait to cook something a bit different I'm in the mood to try xyz your kids are picking up on a vibe, you know? And as long as we're putting in that groundwork of making Yiddishkeit and making our connections with our children an enjoyable space, then I think you can only hope that they will feel more stable making decisions for themselves about Yiddishkeit and about their future. Um, And hopefully that will fall in line with where you and your family align. But, and if they don't, then hopefully you've also got the emotional relationship with your child that you can discuss that together and come to a you know an informed togetherness I don't know again I'm completely completely um speculating because my kids are young still so what do I know but I'll maybe I'll come back to this in 10 years and be like ha how foolish I was um but I do think it's sound advice um bouncing off of the information I've picked up from elders and wisers over the year um and yeah, oh my gosh, my rambling, but we've hit the timer. Um, and I hope that you've enjoyed answering those agony aunts. And if you have any more, drop them to my Instagram at between laundry loads at any point, And I will do my utmost to answer them. And before I end off, I've got the hotline, um, which the number for the helpline, please do call them if you need to speak to anyone regarding any anxiety, mental health issues, or any issues at all that you want to just get off your chest and talk to someone understanding. It's completely anonymous. They don't contact you back. It's fully in your in your court. Um, the number is 0330-127-3333. That is the phone line. Or you can message them. And the number is 7 479 273333. And that is a confidential and anonymous chat service, which is supporting individuals from the Jewish community facing challenges. They won't be able to see your profile photo or number. Um, and it's completely private and you can just get something off your chest if you need to. Um, yes, on that note, good luck, guys. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful evening, whatever point is that you're listening to this. And thanks for sticking around. And that's it for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and that you managed to get whatever it was you needed to do done. So well done you. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to leave me a review or a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform you listen to and feel free to get in touch again if you would be interested in joining me on the podcast or sponsoring an episode. Have a great day and thanks for sticking around.